Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to the October 2014 CTSS quiz. We have 10 outstanding cases for you, and without further ado, let's get started. This is an interesting case. If you look just at the images, what you can see are multiple cystic lesions in the liver. And I asked the question, what's the least likely diagnosis? And this surely could be liver metastasis, things you might think about a metastasis from colon cancer. It could be abscesses if this patient was febrile post-op, uh, the patient had a procedure. Definitely, it's irregular cystic lesions. And in fact, it could be infarcts, though they're sort of large, but infarcts can be large. Usually, they're more geographic. The one thing this is surely not are simple cysts. They're irregular. There's perfusion changes nearby. This ended up, at the end of the day, being multiple hepatic abscesses. But it could have been metastatic disease from a tumor that's necrotic, such as colon cancer. As we do more and more gated studies, we do see the aortic root better than ever. And this is a nice example of a question about the aortic root. What are we seeing? Well, you can see in this case, and this is a patient we're evaluating for a uh, possible aortic aneurysm, a low-density lesion, which is near the aortic valve leaflets. In fact, when you look carefully at the multiple images, it's off the aortic valve leaflets. Uh, what could this be? Well, it's not a pseudoaneurysm, and it's not a normal aortic valve. Fibroelastomas are tumors, which are typically in younger patients, and they do arise off the leaflets of the aortic valve most commonly. But in this case, in an older patient, this is classic for thrombus. And we do see thrombus more commonly when you're not gating, they're hard to see because there's too much blurring. But once you gate, very nice example. This patient had abdominal pain, and the question is, what's the best diagnosis? This is an interesting case because at first glance, you say, okay, this is obviously a cystic lesion of the pancreas. Then you look at the stomach and you wonder, is this pushing on the stomach? Is this submucosal? What exactly is going on? So just tumors, well, it's a consideration, but they're not fluid density. They're solid masses. They can be necrotic when they're large, but they're solid. Duplication cyst is a thought, but this seems to be pushing into the stomach rather than being submucosal. But it's a thought. IPMN, it's a possibility. That would be a very large IPMN. The most likely diagnosis in a 50-year-ish female, um, particularly it's by the tail of the pancreas, I might consider IPMN, though it's large. I would consider an MCN, mucinous cystic neoplasm. That would be a good choice, particularly with location, but I'm not giving you that option. So serous cyst adenoma is probably the best diagnosis. Uh, oligocystic serous cyst adenomas show no septations. So this would be a very good diagnosis, and in fact, that's what it was. In this case, you look at the liver, there's diffuse perfusion changes in the liver. There are dilated ducts in the left lobe, and there are markedly abnormal vessels. We have infiltration of the portal vein, there's neovascularity. So the one thing I know we're dealing with is neoplasm. Lymphoma can be infiltrating the liver, but that would be hard to explain the ducts, and colon cancer gives focal lesions. Metastatic renal cell, typically hypervascular metastasis. Hepatoma is the one that you have to really think about because that's the one that invades the portal vein commonly. It has neovascularity, and in fact, this was hepatoma. 
Now, I will admit what's unusual about this case is with hepatomas, we typically do not see duct dilatation. And in fact, I did think about the possibility of an infiltrating cholangiocarcinoma. With cholangiocarcinomas, you can see portal vein invasion, though less common than hepatomas, but more common to see duct dilatation. And that would have been my primary thought, but this ended up being a hepatoma with portal vein invasion and extensive neovascularity. This is a very nice case, and I'm asking you for the best diagnosis. So obviously, the pathology is the right kidney. You see multiple low-density wedge-shaped lesions in the kidney, and there's minimal stranding, and the kidney's larger. This is not the appearance of a tumor, so a transitional cell or renal cell is not the diagnosis. Really, what you might think about is polynephritis or even an abscess, but I have to admit when things begin to look very wedge-shaped like this, you've got to be thinking about a renal infarct, and that's the best diagnosis. I will admit that at times it's difficult to distinguish infarct from inflammation, polynephritis, and histories can be very similar, febrile and flank pain. Renal abscesses tend to be more focal, so this is a very nice example and, in fact, a classic example of renal infarcts. If you look at the images in this case, you see blastic bone metastasis. And there are many possibilities. You think of prostate cancer in males, and you think of breast cancer in females. Now, I'm telling you this is a male with a pancreatic mass. And so I'm asking you, which mets come from pancreatic lesions that are blastic? Well, adenocarcinoma is typically lytic, and metastases are rare. Lymphoma. I guess could be blastic, but that's incredibly rare. Spent tumors typically do not go to bone, but if they do, they would be lytic. The classic is neuroendocrine tumors. Neuroendocrine tumors classically go to bone, and when they go to bone, they're blastic metastases. Think about carcinoid tumors of small bowel. Same thing, neuroendocrine tumors of the pancreas give bone metastasis. As people live longer with neuroendocrine tumors, we are seeing more cases of bone metastasis. This is a fairly straightforward case. What's the best diagnosis? Hypervascular lesion, right adrenal gland. There are not many choices. If the patient had an absent kidney, I could consider metastatic renal cell carcinoma. Without that, it's always going to be pheochromocytomas. Adrenal carcinomas can be vascular, but not hypervascular the entire mass. Lymphoma, large adrenals, often bilateral but hypodense. And lymphangioma, a cystic with calcification. This is a classic pheochromocytoma. In this case, I'm asking for the least likely diagnosis. Well, if you look at the images, and particularly nicely seen on the coronal, is dilated small bowel with prominent vasorecta. There's ascites present. The bowel is poorly enhancing. This is ischemic bowel. This looks like an internal hernia, and this looks like a surgical emergency. So when I ask you what the least likely diagnosis is, well, ischemic bowel should be a good choice, and midgut volvulus is what I'm thinking, and obstructed bowel with surgery necessary, I'm calling the surgeon as soon as I see these images. So the least diagnosis likely is going to be a partial small bowel obstruction. That's not the problem here. Okay, beautiful example. And this is a surgical emergency. Again, you see the dilated loops on the axial imaging. Look how much more information there is when you go to the coronal display. This is an interesting case, and I've been seeing this more commonly recently, and I'm not sure why. This is a routine follow-up following a distal pancreatectomy and splenectomy for a neuroendocrine tumor. So what is this mass? And obviously, anytime you see a mass in a patient post-surgery, you've got to be thinking of A, recurrence, or B, abscess. But when you look at this, it's fatty density. 
And so what you're really thinking about is infarction of the omentum or infarction of fat, and this was an omental infarct. Could it be an abscess? I guess in theory, yes, but the fat tends to push away from it. Also, the patient's asymptomatic. Recurrent tumor is always a thought, but doesn't look like recurrent tumor. Recurrent tumor is solid, be it hypo or hypervascular, and this is surely not an accessory spleen. So a very nice example. What's important about recognizing this is treated conservatively. You don't need surgery. You don't need biopsy. It's kind of essentially a leave-alone lesion. This patient is post-bone marrow transplant and had fever. We were looking for a source. In bone marrow transplant patients, we look at many organs, right? You think about liver or splenic abscesses. You think about bowel obstruction. You think about ascites. Many possibilities are just abscesses in the abdominal cavity. In this case, both on the axials and 3Ds, both early and late, you see patchy enhancement of the kidney. It's beautifully seen, particularly on the 3Ds. It's bilateral. I showed you a case previously about renal infarcts. Usually they're more wedge-shaped. This is not wedge-shaped. This is not very focal, so it's not an abscess, and surely it's not a carcinoma. This is a very nice example of acute polynephritis. It's seen bilaterally. Remember, stridonephrograms are sort of classic for acute polynephritis and best seen on delayed phase imaging. Well, I've now shown you 10 terrific cases. Hopefully you got them all right, but most importantly, hopefully you learned something. Have a great month, and we'll see you back here on CT Is Us momentarily. Catch you later.